I don't know what's gotten into you, man. Is it just because it's summer and it's hot out that you're drinking ciders? Or is it like, why is it? Yeah. What happened? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really all it so is. So the Irish whiskey is just kind of on the bench right now because at it's- At night. You know, it's, it, that comes out at night. Oh, like, gotcha. During the day, just, I just need something refreshing. And it's oh, like there's because there's, sun out. there's 40 minutes left yeah, in the training yeah. session. That's why. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so when you're, when you're drunkenomical or econoholic, night starts at market close. <laughs> oh, wait. No, wait. Which one is it? Is it drunkenomical? Drunkenomical starts at- Three when markets close. Econoholic starts at eight after the after the extended trading session ends. There we go. I like that. that. I really like that. I really yeah. like that. Did you know that over five trillion dollars exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over two hundred and twenty billion dollars an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics. Two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Hey guys, welcome back to Drunkenomics, the drinking podcast with an economics problem. Yeah, I want to say what nine month with like Dude, two interruptions. Are we really counting anymore? Well, the, all the interruptions were all because of bets, which I have another proposal for you. But yeah. uh, let's, yeah. let's, let's let's do the intro. All right, let's finish the intro first. <laughs> so, go from there. by the power of the VIX, <laughs> twenty three sixty seven during this trading session today, I, yes. your most gracious host, James Goldwater, am joined by me. I mean, I'm just gonna call you the what other I mean, host. I mean, what else does that make me? You're the more gracious host, and then there's me, and I am Aaron Wong. So glad to be drinking alongside all. All of you, hopefully you have a nice stiff one, unless you're James Goldwater, then you're drinking a cider because the market is still trading. It's still active. We exactly. About, what, 20, it's, it's daytime. To go. Yeah, it's daytime. Look, yeah. hard, hard, you know, mm-hmm. hard drinks like that. That's for the night. That's when the party's, it's when the party's on. It's when work is done. Well, um, and then there's me. But, and then there, well, uh, in between work right now. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> um, but yeah, VIX is at 2360. I, I lost track. 2367 is what it was. I think when we started. So yeah, I'll call so that. I mean, it still beats the. Well, okay. So here, how about this? I, I got another bet for you. Right, so and actually, and I'm actually, curious, what's the so, bet? So here's, the, the, so here's the proposal that I mentioned earlier. QQQ, right? Which is the Invesco ETF, which is supposed to kind of go along. It's supposed to kind of mimic the S&P 500, but I think it's very, it's much more tech heavy compared to the SPY, which is the State Street ETF. Yeah. So QQQ, I think, and I actually traded along this, I put out a trade that actually reflects what I think will happen. But in one month, okay. QQQ will be under 300. That's my bet. And it's trading just shy of 315 right now. Yeah, it's about a 5% drawdown. I mean, my trade is, it's, it's an options trade for September 16th. And I don't know, I might, even, I might close out of it because I'm, I'm already ahead right now. Like I'm already doing well in the trade. So, yeah. so, I might so, close out so, of so for the purposes of our bet, we'll pretend that you're going to, that you're going to carry it term. Yes. But I, I you, probably, you may or may not, but for the purposes of our but bet, I have a put option. QQQ will be under 300, 300 on the yeah. 16th. September, yes. At the Friday, end of September close. 16th. Yeah. I close. So, uh, when the drink economists start drinking, that's but before the know. econoholics start. Yeah. The econoholics are still doing the after hours. Yeah. yeah. Even though okay, the options so, yeah, are so folks, after hours, a, but yeah, that's another one that we've come up with guys. So if you didn't, if you missed the preamble, if you skipped the preamble, if you ignored the preamble. Yeah, I mean, why? if you already, well, if you already, why? hold on, if you're already two shots, two. if you're already two shots in, then yeah, I mean, skip the preamble. But like, you know, if you're warming up, that's, that's yes, let's give you a good time to get, yeah, so, I'm just saying, yeah. But we've decided that, uh, so drink, for Drinkonomous, the day is over, the trading day is over, right at market close. So closing bell, all bets are off, time to go wild, right? Yes. So if yes, you're an econoholic on the other hand, 
eight o'clock Eastern, right? So you get you get the after hour session. So right, there's still work to be done. Yep. You can have a you, you start. Okay. It's I mean, not straight to no, over. Like, it's it's yeah. a positions to manage. It's that but. gray area that phase out. It's it's uh it's like going to the gym and then cooling down yeah. instead of going to the gym and then stopping. Oh gosh, I don't know. I think that the only gym I, I go to is Jim Beam. So I I think that's how it works. Yeah, well, I think that really makes me a drinkonomist because I'm the kind of guy that goes to the gym. And I just stop. I just. I, I was going to say, you know, the only, like I said, I, the only gym I go to is Jim Beam. But the last time I was actually at a gym to exercise, well, you it was all me. one big cool down. <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> okay. that's just how it goes. <laughs> I don't blame you at all, man. Uh, I, I, life is too short, man. Life is too short. But yeah, QQQ 300. Want to do this? Okay, want to up the ante a little bit more? Let's do if it closes at any day below 300 from now until September 16th. If it closes below three hundred, you get to be more gracious. more gracious on the on the yeah. for the episode so, for, for the for the yeah. immediately following that. Yes, episode. yes, I'll take that too. Okay, right. here's the weird thing. I don't know why I'm going to go long on this. I don't know yeah, why I'm going to say no. I, that's not going to happen because I'll be honest. I absolutely agree with you. I just have to take an adversary position. Yeah, I know exactly. That's what we do. Like, I mean, if I'm a drink economist, then you got to be the econoholic and vice versa, right? If you're, you know, if you want to play the role mm-hmm. of a drink economist, then boom. I'm. What am I going to do? I mean, what else? Yeah. So I, I think take those here's my thing. So, I think you're probably right, but I'll take but I'll take the counter perspective just because. Yeah. Exactly. Why not? I mean, that's how you make it interesting. And I'll be honest. So, if, it, if it goes above th- if it goes above three thirty, if it goes above three thirty five, no gracious host that week. Okay. <laughs> Why? Deal. Why is this happening? Deal. Because I feel like you support my trade. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. no, you've I, been bearish. I see. I've been bearish. We both been bearish. Yesterday, uh, so so we're, we're recording on the 23rd, Tuesday, but yesterday, yeah. Monday, so the 22nd, that made sense. Like, the, that 600 down, the Dow is down 600. No, I, don't even, I think it should have been 1,000 points, really, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> it definitely should have been bigger, but I understand the downside. I understand it being down. Yeah. I, like I, I said, mean, like I, I've listened to, like, as I hear all this optimistic news about about markets, my response yeah. kind of every time is like, what's the basis for your optimism? And people are like, oh, well, it could have been worse. And I'm like, well, no one well, cuts off a limb and goes, good day, guys. Well, this is my thing, as I think, you know, what we saw on Friday, which Friday wasn't the best day in trading. It wasn't a terrible day, but it was down. It's down a little bit. But, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't. So I'm just looking at the SPX, right? Which is SP500, not, the, not mm-hmm. the Dow. So it's a little bit different. Well, we, uh, but I think I think NASDAQ and S&P are much better metrics. 100%. Dow is too. Well, even the NASDAQ is still really tech heavy. But true. Well, I, I guess but, I mean, SPX is too. So it's not really. But what I'm saying um, is the two of those aren't yeah, price but, weighted. So NASDAQ and, and S&P right. aren't price weighted. It's yeah. like, okay, this is 2%, but it's not, it's not like a drastic number. Whereas like the yeah, Dow, it's but, like, oh, 3,000 points. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, but it's Google I, because it's you know, pri- Google is two one th- company. Or, having, or I guess Google was two thousand. Know, one company share. having a bad day. Well, but the thing is, like the Dow would be okay if Google had a bad day because Google's two thousand dollars a share and Google's down two hundred. If it's down two hundred dollars, that's only a ten percent drawdown, right? I mean, not only, but it can drag the whole Dow dra- with it. Yeah, because it's price weighted. Whereas, like if Apple had a ten percent drawdown, it's only thirteen dollars. But it's price weighted. The Dow is not the SPX. SPX and Nasdaq are both market cap weighted. So if Apple's down five percent, that's going to pull down the yeah. the Nasdaq and the SPX. Uh, so we're looking at the SPX on Friday. Opened forty two sixty six. Uh, low forty two eighteen. Not insubstantial. So, yeah, not substantial either. It's it's not right. like so. Today, uh, yesterday, I mean, I, I think it was a two percent decline in the SBX, which was yeah. eight twenty two yesterday, and then today, for some reason, a green candle. Yeah, um, like I said, <clears throat> Monday I woke up, I was watching, you know, I, my phone beeped at me because I have I have CNBC on in the background almost all, yeah, week, same but way. I had the yeah. volume at a pretty low level because I was I was playing with the dogs, and um, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want them learning too much too fast, but, <laughs> but the, you don't want to um, spook them, you know, ignorance is bliss. So exactly. No, they don't have to pay taxes. They don't have to, they, all they have to do is stay pretty and be cool. And it's, and it's working great for them. But yeah, yeah no, the market was down 600 and, um, or Dow was down 600. And all I could think of myself, was like, well, 
Yeah, okay. All it does is, is is suggest that we both both of us with our like yeah, it's just a bear market bounce. This yeah. isn't the rally. This isn't us coming well, out. This is just a. This is what I said last week too about the SPX hitting the two hundred and not really the SPX, but like everything hitting the two hundred day moving average. You know, like mm-hmm. I said last week, big resistance. Well, it, or I guess it's one or the other, right? It's either going to be resistance or roll reversal. And what I mean by roll reversal is if it breaks through, it's going on you know, a tear. Yeah, yeah. K- kind of like the old rule of uh, of technical analysis: former resistance becomes new support, right? So if it breaks support, through, exactly. yeah. So if it breaks through, I talked about with uh, with uh, when Luke when Luke was on, right? Not when he was me, but two <laughs> times ago when Luke was on, we talked about Bitcoin and and, and yeah. cryptocurrency and how that got there. And yeah. we were sitting here going, nah, it's, it's going down, son. And he was like, well, it's probably going to hit the technical floor. Yeah. Well, I do think it's funny that between then and now, he did, at least in private conversations, has said like, nah, I see Bitcoin going under 20. Well, no, yeah, like, well, he's going to hit did. And he's been on Fox Business several times going, hey, man, it, honestly, if it reaches, I, I think one time he said 18, and, and I think it did reach 18. I, I don't really pay that close attention. He to got people, into the 18s. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. I remember that too. But I don't know if it got down to 18, but he said around 18,000. Was his worse. next support level. Yeah, next, yeah. yeah so not, he wasn't wrong. Like, I think, we'll I, see. I think I would say I would say I think Luke's just a little more optimistic about. I, about yeah, I, I think he is too. Um, because let's be honest, like you're pretty pessimistic about it. About but, most like things, I, said, last I week, guess that may be the difference between me and Luke is that he's a slightly more optimistic version. Well, of me. I mean, but it's but it's cyclical, right? I mean, you'll you'll have your seasons oh, where yeah. you're like very pessimistic. Oh you yeah, know, like and oh, there are right. When I, mean, I get optimistic about things, it's like okay, right. sky's the limit. But you know, my thing is, I need right. I need hard empirical data to see that it's coming down. You the need line. a good catalyst. Yeah, yeah, I I would need to see that like oh like Australian iron and coal manufacturers have increased production and have filled all their sales and yeah. that Mexican steel mills and foundries have, well, have be been today? buying huge quantities of, of Australian iron and coal and and, and well, then that they've and that they've been filling huge orders into the US. And I'd be like, well, okay, that means that there's huge consumption. Like that well, it's but- been done. Now we just need to figure out who in the U.S. is buying it because it's like that person that is person, on a tear of expansion. Yeah, but let's, who could afford it right up. now? Right, because the cost the cost of capital now is extremely is much more expensive. Not to mention, oh yeah, you know, the discount rate. Really, like if you think about it, the discount rate for equities ten year went up above three percent again uh, this last week. Mm-hmm. So now, how do you discount equities? So, so, so that's right? why kind of a second ago we were talking. We were talking uh, the um, that it's either roll reversal or a resistance point. Yeah. And the reason I would say that kind of where we're at is we're hitting resistance points, and I don't think there's going to be a roll reversal yet. Is purely because September starts next week. Right. And um, and what happens in September? What what what, what happens in September? What begins. Well, I, I forget. Uh, is it football season that begins, or is it something else? No, football uh, season starts this weekend. College football season. All football season. Now then, uh, that's right. Yeah. Which, which I consider the start of football season. Let's um, be honest. Okay, I mean, so, preseason's already going. Yeah, so it's sorry. But okay, no. So what's the thing but that But in the real news, in the real yeah. world, good news, bad news, quantitative tightening <laughs> yeah. doubles down yeah. in September. Cause, yeah, because football's the fake um, world and uh, quantitative tightening is the real world. Just kidding. It is. I love football so much. It is. But yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it, no, absolutely. I'm kind of excited for it to come back, for college to come back. Well, hopefully, I mean, this is, right. this is the thing. Like, I think the economy is much more prosperous in the fall because of football season and football. Let's be honest. Absolutely. It's a sport. Yeah. It's this sport in America. So. Oh yeah. It, like, well, people, people have something to look forward to on the weekend. They have, yeah. well, we got to buy, I mean, we got to buy, buy Doritos for the grill. We got to buy propane for the grill. We got to buy Doritos. We got to buy soda. We've got to buy beer. We've got to buy more liquor. We've got to buy And the great thing about the alcohol industry in general is when times are good as well people buy alcohol and drink yeah. when times are bad what people else buy alcohol do? and drink cheers to that and, and it's and, and and the only difference and and i you know really what we should do you and i should do is we should start a um, yeah. an etf 
that is oh. just alcohol, dude. And that, um, and that as we All watch right. consumer, do it. you know, the substitute goods, right? So we're uh, yeah, keep dude, learning uh, as like as like domestics decrease and crafts increase. We can kind of then predict. Okay, no times are good because people are spending no, more money on a smaller volume of alcohol, that's a and great it's idea. oh, when people are buying champagne, times are probably okay. But then as people start to phase into, oh, hang on, well, oh, they're yeah. starting to buy uh, domestics again, and they're starting so to buy. So, uh, oh, they're so, so that's your they're buying thesis? Jack Daniels and Jim Beam. Instead of instead of Mictors and Elijah so they're, Craig, so you're gonna, uh, so you're gonna like, rotate out of like Diageo and go into and brown forming, yeah, and we're, gonna, like and, we're gonna, and we're gonna cycle and we're gonna cyclically just in the alcohols, just observing nice. what consumer trends are in alcohol, and from that, that's a good ET- a prediction on the economy. That's a really good ETF idea. Well, so I mean, no, but let's do this. I mean, we, let's let's come up with a plan for a redemption and creation process. Let's come up with a plan for an expense and, and ratio, we'll start, and we'll start obviously and on then, paper. Yeah, and. What are we waiting for, man? No, I'm just, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how ETS. I don't know how to actually create ETS, but that sounds like a great I think, idea. I Let's think do it, it. I'm down, man. I think it's, I think it's if, eminently doable. Yeah. Um, I'll find out a little bit more at a new gig, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'll, but, I'll um, actually look at what, yeah. what, it, what, what information is available, what, what I can actually well, do. this is the thing is, what, what I want what I want for an ETF is I don't want to do too many reorganizations because I don't want to screw over our ETF holders. Um, so no. I hate reorganizations. And the other thing, too, about our ETF that I really want is I want, hopefully, somehow, Higher dividend payout than expense ratio. That's and that would be great. That's my goal. Well, the great thing is, I that's, know, so that's my goal, but that's also my sales technique too. So higher dividend payout than, yeah, than expense well, ratio. Have, well, if you have, if you have dividends then, that inc- that are inc- that exceed expenses, you can say, hey. You're not going to get all your dividend because your dividend is going to cover a lot of the expenses yeah. involved with this. So this is going to be very inexpensive. Exactly. Fun, but you're still going to get a penny out of it yeah. on top of the gain. And as long as liquidity is not an issue, no reorganizations, no reverse yeah, splits, no, none of that. that. that we'll also, no, we'll also no three x five x. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. We can't lever. Yeah, no way. Five x? What? What's a? All right. Is there a five x out there? I've never heard of a five x. But I've, I've seen a lot of three. I've, I've seen a lot of. I've seen. I've seen two and three x a lot, but I've never seen a five x. Well, the next logical conclusion is five x. But um. I can't even look. That's like Bill Huang. That's like that's like oh, China. Yeah. Um, which like oof, speaking boy, of China, what's going on there? What isn't going on there? What isn't going on? I mean, there are lots of um, they're up to a lot of sketchy stuff. So well, they decided well. they were gonna they were gonna do new military exercises because a congressional party went after Nancy Pelosi. So that was good. Yeah. Definitely not going to royal well, markets. Definitely not a problem. Um, but the other thing that I saw too was uh, we joked about this a lot. All the doves here in the U.S. You know, when I say mm-hmm. doves, I mean like dovish yeah. hawkish as far as you know the Fed viewpoints. All the doves here, I thought they went extinct in the U.S. I thought they all got hunted. I thought they did too. I but, thought I thought I thought the falconry out at Jackson Hole, the hawks, the, the hawks, hawkers, the hawking, just ate had, up all the doves. I thought them. they just feast. I'll be honest, yeah, it's just open season. Kind of happy but about that. Cyclically, um, in this cycle, yes, but uh, hmm. yeah, right for now, <laughs> yeah. Turns out I was wrong. They does did not go extinct. They migrated to China. They found some sort of safe haven. Well, you know, in China. yeah, because they did. What do they um, do? Are they slash rates over there. Why do they slash rates? Does it make well, you wonder? Okay. I mean, does- They've slashed rates because the because because the zero the zero COVID policy in China is right. I mean, it's, it's it is it is crushing to an economy. Yeah, it's very it's very contractionary and, and has been. Yeah. For the last two years, yeah, and and with no end in sight, because every time it shows up somewhere, boom, that city's all yeah. Locked. But I mean, isn't it also kind of odd that it conveniently helps them in whatever debt cycle that they're in? Well, they're stuck isn't in that a, weird. I mean, China's stuck in a pretty vicious debt cycle. If you if yeah. you really want to think, about I know, but isn't um, that weird? not necessarily at a national level? 
but at a, at a, at a regional, at a business level, like, yeah. yeah. Well, think about it this way. Evergrande was in a vicious death cycle. I mean, more vicious than Sid Vicious. Not, that was that was vicious. Or as Freddie Mercury referred to him, Simon <laughs> Ferocious. Oh, um, nice. I like, to his face. To his face. To his face, yeah, by the way. Literally to insult Sid Vicious. Yes, that was, and that pissed him off. So and much. And then they closed the door in Sid Vicious's face. Yes. <laughs> Back to recording. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ah, uh, Freddie. I can't believe you know that. Uh, that's, that's great. Absolutely. One of my favorite stories out of rock and roll. Okay, you are officially the more gracious host for knowing that story. Well, the Vix but. too. <laughs> and, and the Vix too. <laughs> but, no, but, um, but the, yeah, no, no, China's... Uh, yeah, but the, uh, yeah, the debt cycle. Yeah. The no, vicious they're, debt they're, cycle. Their local governments have huge debts. They, um, they issue huge, uh, huge bonds to raise money to expand infrastructure and other, and other government spending. And then it doesn't necessarily pay itself off, but it, but it pays for economic expansion so that they can no. book economic expansion. It shows up as GDP growth, but Which is, they have to repay the debt at some point. And so instead of actually becoming cash flow positive, like a business would need to be, yeah. they just issue more debt. Well, it's still, and, it's still te- technically it's still cash flow positive because it's cash flows, but, but, from, um, but not from operation. But not, it's, but not sustainably, yeah. yeah. From, it becomes that from a... From an investment standpoint, financing, uh, financing, or actually from yes. a financing standpoint, yes. really, if we're going to talk about this from accounting, yeah. uh, not from a operations, uh, not from an operations from standpoint, yeah. which, which which is an issue because your operations are what are what theoretically need to sustain your operations. Yeah, I mean, think um, about what a business is supposed to do. They're supposed to be operational. You know, their, their operation yeah. is supposed to generate the revenue and the profits that sustains you know the job. Yeah, and then whatever, investing you know, investing yeah. is to uh, is to acquire uh, longer term things that are used usually in operations, but that aren't you know directly yeah. being used well, in operations, yeah, so like and a and building a, where you store your vehicles yeah, to help you grow at a faster rate and then, than you normally would have fi- or, or become more sustainable in certain areas and then yes, yeah. financing is to allow you to expand faster than your operational cash flows would otherwise allow you to. right exactly but still within yeah. what your operations can support yeah so that's that yeah but, so that's a, that's that's yeah. a problem and then you're also seeing it in you see, you see it in a huge number of chinese industries you see it now i guess in their light rail that they're um not their light rail their high speed rail so yeah. their, their rail system has gone Kind of this week, they said it was about nine hundred billion U.S. dollars in debt. Yeah, which is what five percent of China's GDP. Uh, n- uh, no, nine hundred billion is at least ten percent now, uh, including the 10%. bonds. So that was that was just. Uh, wow, I thought China's GDP was about nine trillion. So nine hundred billion should be about ten percent. Fourteen point seven two trillion in twenty twenty. What? That's twenty twenty though. I mean, it's, um, it, I, I mean, tell me it's bigger well, now. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, they were closed yeah. for. 2020 and, and then half of sort of reopened up. So here we go. Since. I found it. Uh, this is saying China's GDP is 17.73 trillion. I I don't believe that. The World Bank. This is. I'll be honest. The World Bank data. So I but I don't I don't believe the World Bank. This well, is weird. I, the World, the World Bank, Bank. I have to imagine the World Bank is using Chinese data. Which yeah. Which and I, I'm which, not sure if you figured out the problem, but it's the, <laughs> it's the same country, the same people that said there's no health crisis here as they were shutting down provinces. There's yeah. no health crisis here as they were building emergency hospitals and buying up huge amounts of per- you know, personal protective equipment. And then finally, once yep. they'd cornered the market and had everything they thought they did, they went, actually, there's a health crisis here. Yeah. So it's funny. It's funny how everything seems to be so convenient for China. Well, their numbers right? are always convenient. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're not doing well. No, I mean, between that, they've got that issue. They've got the fact that they have huge amounts of you know, hidden debt. Um, well, so, like so I what those, they, those, yeah, I mean, so like one of the things I saw too was they decided that they're going to forgive 23 interest-free loans to 17 different African countries and redirect 10 billion of its IMF reserves to nations, okay, to, that's, you know, nations um, in Africa. They've, so maybe this weird. is them figuring out hmm. that the, the iron fist version of diplomacy doesn't work and it's soft right. diplomacy is better. It may also be that those loans that they'd issued were based on speculation for future, um, 
yeah. raw material resources, and that those speculations it didn't just pan didn't. out. So they're like, there's no yeah. way they can get paid back. Let's just get rid of it because there's nothing to see. It's not yeah. like we're going to take the port in Sri Lanka. It's not like we're going to try and take the, <laughs> a major port in um, in Kenya. It's just them going, well, there's nothing to be had here, so let's just Yeah, there's get no out. copper here. There's no bauxite here. Yeah, let's there's just go. No, let's just go. There's not even a point in trying a coup to try and get our money back. Let's just leave. You yeah. know, guinea. Um, yeah, yeah. But the, the hidden debt is a real economic problem. Yeah. Economically, that's an issue. That you've got companies that can't exist without debt yeah. and that have no way legitimately of repaying that debt. Yeah. But the the, the well, next the yeah. next problem they've got is how many Chinese companies are going to have to delist from U.S. Yeah, well, and that's the funny thing too. Because so they had five Baba, last week. Yeah, that had to so, go. Yeah, so Baba just recently, which is I think at one point I don't know if they still are, but at one point they were the biggest Chinese company that was traded in the U.S. They might uh, still be the biggest trade in the U.S., but Alibaba has lost something like forty percent of its value yeah. in the last two years. Yeah, I know. Which, but like I'm also saying, like okay, if you're the biggest Chinese company trading in the U.S., that should put you high in the running for the biggest Chinese company. Period. You know, so today yep. I think I think it was today. Baba it was either today or yesterday, but uh, Alibaba got listed on the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act list, the HFCAA list. Yeah. And normally, like if you have a company on that list, well, you're probably unlike Scotch running into liquidity issues. Yeah. You know? So it's so the, the whole premise of the HFCA is that. Look, let's be fair. Mm-hmm. In a purely capitalist system, you let anyone list anything on the exchanges, and if things go wrong because that company's lying to you, oh well, that's capitalism, baby. Yeah. Like, in cap, in pure cap, in the purest sense, in capitalism, a Ponzi scheme is fine. Yeah, it's actually. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that, like, um, in the pure sense of capitalism. There's a lot of things like, I mean, honestly, drug dealing. Pure sense of capitalism. Also great. That's also, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, in it's pure a, sense. Well, in that case, right. it's a it's a it's a legitimate market. Right. It's not necessarily you're, you're a sell- legitimate market, but it's a legitimate market. Right. In but I, I'm standpoint. saying like the I'm saying like the racketeering side. If you take away the racketeering side and the extortion side of oh, drug yeah. dealing, right? You know, well, like it's it's a legit business, right? You're selling a wanted good to a willing buyer. That's capitalism. It's pure, ca- it's pure capitalism. Right? And, and on top of that, yeah. well, the next thing is, and think about this, capitalism is simply totally, money. Totally free trade. Yeah, it's yeah. totally whatever. If people don't want your product, then they, they won't, won't buy it. Yeah. It's all dollar votes. So if people are buying your product and they know what you're doing to make this product and they keep buying your product, they don't care that you're doing it. That's capitalism. That, again, it's capitalism. Ca- that's why yeah. we have laws and we have restraints on, yes. on capitalism, right? So that's, of course, yeah. Right? Unrestricted right, capitalism right, exactly. is a bad thing. Yes. Because that's where you get to the point where it's like, oh, insulin? How much money do you currently have? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, and I don't want to deter anybody. I'm a pure, I am a capitalist. I'm not a pure capitalist, but I'm no, a capitalist. Market, so, the market obviously you know, but, requires restraint because yes. it doesn't have it. It does not have it itself. Yes. Human beings don't have it, so we have to restrain. Yes, right. Uh, but back to the HFCAA. So yeah, yeah why so, does so why does it exist? Because in the U.S., you have to follow specific laws in order to be a publicly traded company, and one of those very very critical things is that you have to uh, you have to be audited. Yep. And you once have to be, a year by a legitimate yeah. accounting firm that, that is able to perform an adequate audit of your firm, right? Yeah. So if so, you're Walmart or Berkshire Hathaway, yeah. you probably need one of the big four. You need a major accounting firm. You need one with a huge number of of, of associate of audit associates CPAs, and a large number yes. of junior senior a lot, of, a lot of manager CPAs that can yeah. actually sit here and really run through. Yeah. They can look at everything and really run through the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. If Walmart went to a strip mall CPA. I would have concerns about yeah. the validity of their books. I don't care what um, rate they're going to offer. Yes. If you're a private company, you only need to be audited, I think, once every four years or yeah. five. It's not, it's not every year. And that's only because there are a lot of tax things that are going alongside with your audits. They just prove that this is true. Well, and let's be honest, like the, the HFCA, I think, was really because there are a lot of publicly traded companies 
that there really isn't that much transparency in their books and their K1 filings. Is that the letter yeah. or number? The yeah. SEC K1 filings? Oh, the, yeah. oh, it's, no, no, the, 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 sorry, the 10K. Yeah. I don't know how I blanked 10K, on that. Say 10K, the K1. No, yeah, yeah K1. sorry. Um, no, I don't, yeah, I don't but, know how I blanked on that. That was, I feel so stupid right now. But yes, the, their 10K filings, but a lot of it was penny stocks. It started off with penny stocks. So a lot of penny stocks, a lot of companies that were trading the pink sheets, they couldn't trade anymore. It was liquidating only because... You know this rule. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's under the same umbrella as the HFCAA. It could be a different rule that's kind of similar to the HFCAA. Um, but it's basically like, hey, your accounting statements. There's not enough transparency. Well, they're not speaking the same language. Yeah, which I think ultimately becomes the same translation as there's the transparency. We don't trust it, or it's not there. Um, yeah, are so, these assets actually yours? Are right. you know, are these are these yeah. revenue statements correct? Well, basically, it was just like the, the rule was put in place so that it's basically like you can't defraud investors. Like yeah. you can't defraud the people that want to own a portion of your company. Correct. But for some reason, so, really so, so some in reason, China, yeah. there's in China, there's historically been a position which is. Criminality for fraud stops at the border. If you defraud Chinese citizens, it's an issue. If you're defrauding foreign investors, that's fine. Yeah, and I, so you yeah, saw this huge weird. number of, of Chinese companies buying companies that are listed in the U.S. but that aren't, you know, they're dead. Like they're gone. They're still listed, but they don't. They're not real. And then they would get themselves yeah, into that weird. shell, and they'd start, and they'd start like issuing fictitious financial statements to get more cash to get u.s investment dollars and so long as they could keep showing these this fictitious growth stock price went up and if you got it like a policy scheme if you got it at the beginning of that it's great you're holding the bag at the end you're you lose everything because no one wants to buy a thing that now it turns out doesn't actually exist yeah and so so that's what you're into so so the hfca says you know what overseas you can do whatever you want we don't actually care but if you want to be traded in the U.S., you must be audited by a major firm, by, by a legitimate firm, mm-hmm. to U.S. standards, to, to Sarbanes-Oxley standards. Nice. So you must produce statements into Sarbanes-Oxley, and the, audit, and the auditor must audit your Sarbanes-Oxley books and sign off on them as legitimate. So you can show some guy in India mm-hmm. whatever you want to show him. You can show the guys in Japan and China whatever you want to show him. Taiwan, same thing. But if you're coming to the U.S., you have to, show, you have to, have to have, speak yeah. our language and so Sarbanes Oxley so. is, is, is that also kind of like transition for Gap? Absolutely. So so yeah, Gap okay. Sarbanes Oxley. So the Gap is the yeah. generally accepted accounting principles. Sarbanes Oxley enforces a lot of that. Yeah, is the is the enforcement arm. Yeah. So I mean, all this is to say, like, I mean, you know, HFCAA. I mean, China. I think is going through. I think they're going through some sort of falling out. I mean, we we talked about the whole Chinese bank protest not too long ago with that story with the QR codes. Absolutely crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. So I think a lot of people. Are really starting to lose faith in the Chinese government because of the government, protests. Let's be fair. And then they're, tra- they're trying to lose faith in the Chinese government because of the Chinese government. Yeah. You don't lose faith in a government that's doing a good job. You lose faith in a government because it's doing a <laughs> exactly. bad job. Yeah. But um, also, or not it, doing a job. Yeah. But also because if, if Taiwan, what's going on in Taiwan, like even the Taiwanese people are losing faith in the Chinese government, which, like, for the longest time, China has treated Taiwanese people very well. Like, if you're an actual citizen of Taiwan, they treat you usually very well until recently. Even the Taiwanese people are starting to go like, ooh, I don't well, know. Well, I think I think a lot of this is that there's there's a lot of internal problems in China, clearly. And yeah. you've got Beijing and Xi Jinping going, all right, well, let's ramp up our stuff for the domestic audience to show them, hey, look, you know, we're going to bring Taiwan back into the fold. We're going to, we're going to, well, it's, it's only because of Taiwan. That's it's a big, just these issues. I mean, that's and a big GDP booster is, for China. I mean, that's really, that'd be really good for the well, economy. Well, unless everything's blown up and then, and then it's not a GDP booster at all. It's a GDP sink for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, but I, honestly, like, like, like I said last week, I don't think they care. Or did I say it two weeks ago? I forget when I said it, but I don't think they well, care. They, they want Taiwan. With or without the semis, they want Taiwan. Oh, yeah, because then it, well, the problem, China's next problem is, is, um, Say they get it. Yeah. They won't. 
Let's say they do. The real yeah. problem is when you, it's kind of like the US when the Soviet Union fell. What do we uh -huh. do now? For the last 50 years, it's been, mm, we have this. Yeah. Well, now that's gone. It's like, okay, well, what? now there's nothing to push against. Now right. I actually have to do something. I'm not fighting. Now it's, I have actually built yeah. something. It's, it's no longer I have to stop something. It's now I have to yeah. stop. But then again, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, China can always uh, go into the debt cycle. So I, well, I, they're I already know. in I mean, one. It's not like it's not like they're, they're exactly coming out of one. They're they're still in it very badly with their between their real estate. Yeah. And as we mentioned when we talked about that, is that, is that people aren't paying people aren't paying their mortgages now. So if the, if it wasn't good before, it's worse now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying if if they keep up this dovish sentiment, they can keep refinancing them. You know what I mean? Like well, until people don't want to buy. Yeah, at some point they need some sort of other cash flows than that. But yeah. who knows? I mean, who knows how long they can keep up this vicious cycle for? Because it's China. It's not. Also, I mean, it's not capitalism. You know what I mean? I mean, they're looking yeah. at uh, the next problem is they're looking at some more energy issues. I mean, they're not exactly yeah, they're facing another energy crunch out I mean, there. They're, they're let's put um, this way: this summer, they're still facing energy cuts. They, they still have yeah. blackouts, rolling brownouts. Now, there's this understanding that like it'll be different than last year in that it won't roll into the winter. It should. No. Um, I mean, who knows? I mean, I I think China might also get nat uh, uh, gas from Russia. Well, yeah, but at the same time, their next problem is that because like the Hoover Dam. The reservoir on the other side of the Three Gorges Dam in China is also. Right. Oh, so they're facing a water crisis too. They're facing drought, but if but if you're getting electricity from the hydroelectric dam, right. you've got a problem. But what, and, and, and while they make it natural gas from Russia, they don't necessarily have enough natural gas plants to make use of that immediately. Right. But all I'm saying is Russia, they have been looking for another customer since March. So you know now we're sitting here six months later, almost like. You don't think there's another deal under the table with China? There had to have been one. Well, Russia's also you know made I mean? deals with Iran and India. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Russia but has they, been shopping for customers. Yeah, but they, okay, they so, they have but you want to tell me those countries have as big of a, or as strong as a customer as the EU? They're not. I mean, China alone is a stronger customer than the EU, but whatever countries that they have been selling to, they've been looking to replace the EU with, guaranteed combined are not a strong well, there's, EU. Yeah, what I'll say know? is there's there's going to be a little less consistency in, there's going to be less consistency in demand, and more importantly, there's going to be less reliability in payment. Yeah, uh, exactly. Whereas China is going to pay. Yeah, where, and China most likely will pay as well. So oh I, yeah, but at the same but time. But that's why I think Russia, I mean, I don't think they're that dumb where they're just going to sit on this giant nat gas reserve and be like, you know, we just no, keep building reserves. Well, more importantly, yeah. they can't afford to. Yeah, exactly. So I honestly, you know, I hate to be pessimistic, but I think they're going to strike a deal with China. They've already um, struck it. It's yeah, real. And there were talks about it earlier. Now, as I look at but, it, you've got, you've got Europe, which is facing some very serious problems right now. We've got yeah. the EU and the dollar at parity, so they're trading one to one. Well, actually, on trade, the plus side, if you're Europe, parity, well, at, when it was parity, at parity, parity, if you're, well, yeah. and as, as the euro trended down, if you're Europe, it gets, it gets worse and worse. But as the euro trends down, it gets better and better for U.S. nat gas sellers because right. you know that they're no, a market. No, 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 you know no, they're it, a market. But it actually doesn't get better for U.S. nat gas sellers. Because think about it. Like, if you're a U.S. nat gas seller and you're selling to the EU, Right. So everybody thinks EU, like US dollar parity. Wow. Go America. It was so great. America's better. It's called soccer now. Right. It's not football, it's soccer. <laughs> you know, like what you have to understand is that this is actually not good for the American economy. Well, sorry. Maybe, buy, well, maybe not. Point, it's, it's good if we're interested in it. It's good if you're buying European goods. It's good for imports. As, the, as, that, as that drops in value against the dollar, you can buy the you can buy the euro strong dollar less expensively yes, than otherwise. Yes, strong dollar for European product or European service. Yes, exactly. Normally, you go to the foreign exchange thing, uh, the exchange, the currency exchange thing, and you give them ten mm -hmm. U.S. dollars. You're expecting nine euros, but now you give them ten U.S. dollars, you're getting ten euros, right? So, like, I mean, obviously that's good for imports, but for exports, absolutely, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. If you're that American yeah. net gas producer and you're trying to sell to Europe, 
that European buyer, your, the European customer That's is used to going. Power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're used to going to that currency exchange and then going, hey, here's 10 euros. Thanks for the 12 bucks. Now I'm going to buy 12 bucks of that gas. But now they're going to the currency exchange place or whatever it's called. It's 10 and buying 10. Exactly. So that's not good. 10 and buying nine. Yeah. And so, so, so yeah, as an exporter, it's bad. As an importer, it can be good. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, this, you know, go America, one-to-one parody. Thank God, let's all go vacation to eat to, to Europe, to France or whatever. Which, you know, and, yeah, I mean, maybe. Th- let's put it this way. Actually as, as, <laughs> as an importer of French wine, European, and, and, and as, scotch. As scotch, scotch, scotch drinkers, scotch, scotch, we're happy. Scotch, scotch. As scotch, 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 scotch. Well, the, the real problem is, is that the scotch is going to be with pound. Which is also weak, which is, yeah. which is, which is also, also super getting weak getting weaker. Yeah. So let's say our French wine and our German beer <laughs> and um, our Italian olives and uh, our Greek cheese. Yeah. So we're happy. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're getting more of their goods this Absolutely. way for better price. Yeah. The, well, I mean, <laughs> but, but, the, but the bad thing, too, is like, OK, so the dollar index is strong. But it's only strong because everything else. Is weak. It's it's not because yeah. of an underlying strength. It's because it's because yeah, pa- it's going to it's going to go the other way when other places stop when it stops being bad. Yeah, but like the Great Britain like the the GBP mm-hmm. pound sterling that faced super yeah. high inflation. Yeah, ten point one percent last month. Yeah, that's that's right. We joked about it last week when I said okay because the pound is so much weaker now. Benching three fifteen is not impressive anymore, right? Remember? We, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, so well, benching a hundred British pounds is only ninety US pounds. It's like, <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can't be sugar daddy with that. <laughs> That's awful. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the pound, pound to dollar now is 1.18, which I'm used to that being like 1.8. Yeah. I was going to say, know? usually for me, <laughs> for me, my standard of like where Forex is, I generally speak, I think of the, the pound between buck 80 to two. Yes. Buck 80 to two. The dollar. Yeah. Or, or um, a buck 80 a dollar. to two for one ster- one pound sterling. Yeah. What well, one, right. one sterling gets me a buck 80 or two dollars. Yeah. Not a buck and a quarter. Right. Like a buck and a quarter is euro. Yeah. It used to be euro stuff. A euro, like the euro used to be one and a half or a buck 50. Yeah, exactly. Right? One, buck one, 50, 50, one euro. One euro got me a yeah. dollar 50. One pound would get me between buck 75, two dollars. And that's just kind of yeah. kind of ballpark where I kept it, and that's just I don't think that's the case anymore. One and no. two, it's definitely not the case now. Well, think yeah. Um, well, now, like just to make it easier, one euro equals one dollar, roughly, give or take a couple cents, and uh, one pound, one Great Britain pound, one pound sterling, whatever you want to say, is about a buck and a quarter. Yeah, right? so down US dollars, quite a quite, historical yeah. averages. Yeah, and so that's great if you're buying Scotch, great if you're buying, uh, if you're importing European or, or yeah. UK goods, fantastic. If you're exporting to those guys, which a lot of Americans are, uh, yeah. I'd say more Americans export than import to those places, and yeah. um, that's problematic. Well, I mean, no, I don't know though because I think no, yeah, definitely that's no, yeah, actually definitely true because Europe is much more of a service economy than the US because they don't actually produce anything. I mean, yeah, that, sounds, that sounds harsh, but they do produce things. But well, but, but so well, the funny thing is, if you look at the U.S., if you, if you really look at the U.S. in terms of our exports, we have more in common with a third world country than we do a first world country. You're right. We export a huge amount of raw materials. We export a lot of food. We export food. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of food. It is mainly, it's a lot, a lot of, food of food and food products. Yeah. Now, why is that? It's because the U.S. has... So we export some metals too. Yeah, I mean, you know. But, yeah, yeah, but it's a lot of raw materials and it's because one, we have a huge amount of natural resources. Two, we have an extremely, or had up until two years ago, an extremely efficient supply chain system. Three, up until two um, years ago, yeah. It's about What's two years ago, really. But yeah. But yeah we, we just have the ability to produce huge, and we're very efficient. We produce yeah. huge quantity food that absolutely exceeds the needs of the country. So what yeah. do we do? We export it. But I mean, yeah, the EU is just going through all kinds of issues right now. Oh yeah, they've got huge um, droughts. You know, not enough farming energy. crisis, a supply chain crisis, really? and the currency is super weak. And they have and as a well central as bank. All that. Yeah, and they have a central bank that is somehow like 
or dovish than the American. Any right to be. And um, well, even we don't have that. Like even even the U.S. Like we shouldn't be as dovish as we are. Like and we talked about this. I don't know when the EU put Lemony Snicket in charge, but they (laughs) they did. did. They put Lemony Snicket in charge, and that dude is riding on doves. And he's just going with a series of unfortunate events. Yes, seriously, a series of unfortunate events. Um, Great, great book series. And TV show and all kinds of, but like, yeah, dude. Yeah. But remember like last, was it last month or two months ago? I forget when it was, but Microsoft and Apple and all those big tech companies, their stocks plummeted because of the Forex risk. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to buy an iPhone and you're in Europe and you're a wholesaler in Europe, and you want to buy an iPhone, what do you need to buy the, the iPhones with? Well, you need dollars. Yeah. And what, so, and what do you need to produce an iPhone? Well, if you're, the, if, you're, if you're Apple, when you produce an iPhone, you need Chinese yuan yeah. and a lot of euros. But Actually, more money gets spent on production of iPhone in Germany than in China. Well, but so, let's think about it this way. The finished fact. product versus the actual production of the product. Right, the finished product, the profit margins. You need are, U.S. dollars. So let's ignore all the rest. Of it. Well, you need the, U.S. dollars. But where are the margins? The margins are in the finished product, right? Absolutely. You take seventeen dollars yeah. worth of metals and all that kind of stuff, and then you produce a nine nine hundred dollar. Yeah, well, and that's and that's thing. why right. and that's why Germany sure. does so well out of iPhones is because they put together a lot of the electronic suite, um, hmm. whereas China just manuf- like just assembles it. But I Germany it was, does actually. But Germany and Switzerland isn't nope. it Switzerland too? Uh, it, Switzerland, also, Switzerland maybe evolved, but I know that but, of all the places where money gets spent the most money in the cost of actual cost of production of an iphone the more money gets spent in germany than anywhere else right but it's also because their labor is much more even expensive. even dollar bill. Oh, all wow. the technical skill okay. is getting done in germany whereas just assembly is done in china so yeah, yeah well but skilled I, versus yeah but i, I mean by factory. the way like i mean apple one of the big concerns when they lowered their uh Mm-hmm. The earnings guidance, I think it was two months ago. Was on was on like risk in foreign markets because yeah, yeah, as as the as the dollar gets stronger, you can't Why? buy as many phones, so it's harder to put phones into Europe. It's harder to put, it's really harder to put phones into Africa. It's a lot yeah. harder to put phones into Asia, and so it's it's yeah, yeah. you're sitting at a point where it's like, well, I can't sell my phones. Yeah, I haven't raised my price, but everyone else has less buying power. So yeah, here we are. Like like a lot of people think this the US the EU parity is good thing for America, and it's I it, mean, it is if you're importing. It's not if you're exporting. Let's put exactly. it that way. So it just depends on um, which side of the fence you're on. But uh, one more thing that I wanted to ask too about the U.S. I just kind of want to do like a follow up thing on the IRS crack, the, the IRS crackdown, or sure. whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's not uh, crack. It's not a crackdown. It's, it's, I know it's, it's not a crackdown, but like I don't know why it's, that. It's yeah. Why was that language the, used? The IRS is uh, probably yeah, because it whatever. was Republicans and they don't like the idea of a regulatory agency. Yeah, but it was a Twitter. I, I think I saw it on Twitter the IRS crackdown. Whatever. It could have been a Republican funded or well, it's, whatever. Uh, what I'll say is it's propaganda. It's, that's propaganda. Probably. The fact that IRS has finally gotten a legitimate increase in funding so it can actually yeah. enforce the laws on the books. Like here, before you ask your question, and yeah. this is what really pisses me off. And it's, it's all when they're playing politics, but you get these people, the Republicans who say, we don't need new laws. We need to enforce the laws that are already on our books. And it's like, okay, well, they need money to do that. No. Right. Okay. Because, yeah, because, yeah, because they hate government spending. Because they don't um, actually, because they don't actually want to enforce the laws on the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I hate, but, I hate government spending too, but I'm also very much a supporter of enforcing the law. Uh, it's kind of like Better Call Saul. Like, you ever seen the movie, uh, not the movie, the show Better Call Saul, The Law is Sacred, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I agree. The law is, uh, there are laws I don't agree with, but I think the law as a whole is sacred. Well, the great thing so, about the law is that it can always be changed. Exactly. So that's, that's also another beautiful thing about the law. But anyways, yeah. So the IRS, whatever, the, the increase on whatever. Yes, the increase in funding. The increase in funding. Increase in IRS. So a lot of people are saying that uh, they're, they're going to go after certain things like Venmo and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm also kind of worried about is like, so the industries that rely on tips a lot. So, I mean, like 
you, for instance, you were his bartender. I assume mm-hmm. a lot of your tips are in cash. I'd say probably, is it 70-30 still? Well, when I was bartending, it was about 70-30 uh, credit card uh, you cash. Know, at, at risk of these guys listening, there is an amount of cash tips that exist. And, and most right. people, you know, not, not me, most people in the industry do not report their you cash tips for at at time. Or, um, or I mean, them they were they, because because again, I mean, they report the, them, but they, the, they, the they don't the report them in this. But they don't report them in the, in the amount that like because if you get a thousand dollars in cash tips they may for not. a week, I mean, are you going to report all one thousand? I wouldn't. No, why? Why the heck would you? Well, legally, you're, you're obligated to. And legally, so you are. Tax evasion is a bad thing. Now, yeah. what I'll say is this: right. you have two options legally, <laughs> right, but, and this is as far as I'll go on this. You have two options when you receive cash tips. You can report them at the time accurately, which means that if you get a thousand dollars, you report a thousand dollars. On your check, that payroll gets taken out. Or and here's your second option: when you're filing your taxes at the end of the year, you can report all your cash tips. Then you don't have to report them when you earn them. You can report them at the end of the year. Now, right. at the end of the the reason you wouldn't necessarily want to do that is because then you don't have any of the taxes withheld from those, and yeah. you then have to pay the relevant taxes on it at that point. Yeah, so you but those could, are your two options. There are no other legal options that I will not. And other than that, does tax evasion exist amongst oh, the service? Well, Absolutely. I mean, so that's more or less besides the point. I don't really care about that. What I care about is, yeah, no, so I the I, yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. CYA, cover your ass. Yep. But so the IRS, and let's be honest, like they are trying to come down on on evasion. Know, yeah, on evasion, right? So if you, you if you report $800 a week in credit card tips, you live by yourself in a, in a $2,200 apartment and you have 800 bucks in tips a week, can you really afford that? Right. So I think, um, you know, does that, does that, so are you asking, are you asking, is there going to be an increase in audit of people? And the answer to that is yes. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's what I'm worried um, about. Like, and you know, I, I don't believe in tax evasion. Uh, let's, let's start by clarifying that, but I'm, crime. I, I agree. I mean, um, no, so, so, uh, Al up. is there going to be, an inc- is there going to be an increase in audits? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I'm uh, saying like for, for what people that- but, but here's what'll be really nice. Complicated tax returns are three years behind on being processed by the IRS. Three years. They haven't even gotten to the COVID problems yet and they're behind. Oh, wow. uh, so, that, so then think about all the people who have amended returns. Those aren't going to get seen until after actual returns have been processed. So you've got a huge backlog there in, in people's tax returns. That's one. That needs to be done. Yeah. It's obscene that it's taking so long. Two, yeah. are people going to get audited more often? Yes. Are people who are living well beyond their obvious means of income going to get audited because they're clearly defrauding the government? Yes. Yeah. But, but if you're living within the means of what your income says you can live in and you're not reporting all of your income, are you going to get audited? Probably not. If you really want to think about who gets audited and when, people get audited when they first start to make a lot of money or when they first stop making a lot of money, right? So if you, well, so yeah, if I mean, you, about, like, if the this, IRS generally audits when you're, when you're a big person, when there's huge amounts of money in question, when you're making a very extreme audit claim. Like if you're making very extreme claims in your return, oh, I live in downtown Chicago, but I own three acres of farm. And we're going to have yeah. to look at whether or not that's true. But the big one is it's it's when you have wild swings in your income is when they're more inclined. To yeah, but it's and the next thing is also, if you're making if you're making if you're earning less than thirty five to forty thousand dollars a year, there's really I'm not well, saying they won't audit you, but I'm course. saying this. There's really no point. It's going to cost more to audit you yeah. than they ever hoped to exactly. get back. So that's what I was going to say is, is it worth their time to audit? Is another big and the thing. answer, honestly, that, in most of the cases is no. Yeah, if, but the if thing you is, earn less than fifty thousand dollars a year, there's no point. Yeah, there's really yeah. And I'm just, I'm not saying like, is it worth the time to audit? Because if, eventually, like, if you are evading taxes, at some point, the, in how they answer whether or not it's worth the time to audit you, at some point, the answer will be yes if you are evading taxes. Yes, y- even if it's five dollars. But at some point, at, at some it, point but, down, but, the, but really down the down the hole that answer really right? long time. Yeah, ago. yeah. When we, we right. when we've dealt with all the billionaires and millionaires who are evading taxes, yes. Then we can worry about the guy evading for five dollars. But until yeah, or or for two or for you know five 
five hundred dollars. My battery is about to die, yeah. so okay. I have to okay. and I have to run anyway. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so as a whole, yeah. I, I I don't think it's going to hit as many people. Now the Venmo stuff, yeah, there's some issues there. So one of the things, the warning I'll give, and it's it's not a warning, it's just like the hint, yeah. is that very clearly if you're Venmoing someone money within reason for what it's for, if it's because someone else paid for movie tickets and you're paying them back, or if it's because someone else paid for drinks, you just tell them hey, paying you back for the drinks in the description. Or, yeah, yeah, in the description, just say because you bought drinks. Don't say rent. Bought, yeah, yeah, don't say rent. That's a, a, well, okay. Actually, do say rent if you're trying to take well, if, expense. Say rent. Well, if you are, yeah, um, but if you are actually renting, yeah, say rent. But like, if yeah, you're, but if it's, but if, but if, if you, you don't make yeah, a statement, but, but if you're saying like, hey, yeah, no, this was um, because, uh, hey, you loan me twenty dollars um, for letting me borrow money or whatever. It's yeah, boom, boom. Because then it's just he gave me money, I gave him back the money. Yeah. It's not, it's there's no income. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I just think it's interesting because I just uh, wanted to follow up on that because I, I don't know why, but I thought about that recently and I was like, wow, so like bartenders, servers, barbers, things like that, but also like. This slipped into my mind too. Strippers, right? Like <laughs> a lot of cash tips there. And uh and oh, James. Oh I am sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I think we lost James. He literally ran out of battery. <laughs> he gave me a warning. Uh so there he goes. I'm sorry to do this, but uh because James is out, because the more gracious host is out, I'm just gonna have to cut it off. But hopefully this IRS crackdown if you want to call it that um hopefully it doesn't get to you you know my worry is that it will but who knows it hasn't happened yet so i don't want to get too pessimistic ahead of time especially when it's not warranted but yeah with that said really appreciate you drinking along with us i've seriously really enjoyed every single dram with you guys um hopefully you have enjoyed them with us as well if you have let us know you can find us on social media at drunkanomical that's drunkanomical on instagram facebook and twitter metaverse twitter whatever it is uh whatever your favorite social media platform is you can find us there we're always more than happy to hear from you sliding through our dms comment on our on our stories on our posts we just love interacting and hearing from you guys uh, additionally you can find us on linkedin i'm pretty sure it's just linkedin.com slash drunkenomics or you can just type in drunkenomics on the search box find us on linkedin if you want feel free to add me or james if you do add us and you say hey love drunkenomics love your content whatever it is love drinking with you I'm for sure going to add you just based on that alone. So yeah, would love to hear from you there. And on top of that, if you want some merch, if you want a hoodie, a black hoodie, a black tank top, an even darker black tank top or a black shirt or a black dog bandana, they come in other colors too. But uh, I just like emphasizing the black and the darker black because that's pretty much the only color that I wear. You can get some merch for yourself at junkonomics.mindspreadshop.com that's d-r-u-n-k-e-n-o-m-i-c-s dot m-y-s-p-r-e-a-d-s-h-o-p dot c-o-m you can get some merch there and on top of that if you also want to want to buy us a drink you can also join us on patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-n dot c-o-m slash junkonomics go over there and throw money in our tip jar and uh, finance our next round of uh, of scotch any contribution to that is greatly appreciated. I know I speak for James on that one too, even though his freaking computer battery is dead. But uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, this month you can pay for a new computer charger for James. <laughs> who knows? But yeah, really appreciate any contribution there. And like I said, love drinking with you guys. My encouragement to you is to please, seriously, play Chestnut Checkers this week. But most importantly, please stay economical. Cheers.